first of all, it's okay to not know what you want to do. That's like the biggest lie about nobody, even like 80 year olds, you know, or like successful, you know, CEOs, they still don't know what they're doing or what they want to do every single day. You can be sure of it one day and unsure the next, and that's just normal. Welcome to the Driven Young Podcast with Byron Dempsey, dedicated to educating and inspiring the younger generation around entrepreneurship and practical life skills we aren't taught in school. Created for young people who seek direction in establishing their goals and passions, this podcast provides a platform for discussing the steps taken by professionals in their field related to handling finances, making money online, starting a business, growing a network, and money. Much more. And now your host, Byron Dempsey. Welcome back to the Driven Young Podcast. Today I'm joined by Demi Kotsouris, who specializes in the millennial crisis. She explores open conversations on millennial topics and educating millennials on different ways the modern world allows them to do things, aiming to empower them and take action. Her words, I understand businesses cannot keep up with the ever-changing digital world and believe that communication and transparency are shared as workplace values but not showcased in workplace actions. My research on millennials in the workplace shows how important community, being valued, flexibility and open communication are important for not only the mental health and well-being of employees but for all-round business success. Today we discuss the difference between millennials and Gen Z. Um, for, for example, I'm not even sure which one I am. I kind of float in between the generations. Um, we get into her story, um, what she does, why she does it, how she's able to run a business from her bedroom. We talk about what the millennial crisis actually is and what young people are facing nowadays. Internships, travel and much more. As per usual, the full video will be up on YouTube across my social media platforms, so feel free to check it out there and reach out to me. Otherwise, over to Demi. Excited to be here. Um, super excited. I mean, kind of. <laughs> yeah, so we're actually virtually for our listeners, which is something I don't normally do, but you're currently in South America. And just before we kind of jump into some tactical stuff and we can learn from you, um, I'd just love to know a little bit more about your story kind of what you did after high school and what you're currently up to. Yeah, cool. Um, Well, I guess I was really crap at uh, school. Um, I finished with an ATAR of 69. Um, (laughs) And then I went to, um, luckily enough, I somehow managed to get into Deakin, which was my first preference. So I did a Bachelor of Commerce which the ATAR was like 76. So I have no idea how I got in for it. Um, And I had lied to my parents about my ATAR too. So all the stars kind of aligned there. (laughs) Um, And and yeah, so I studied a bachelor degree. It was supposed to be a three year degree, um, majoring in marketing and international business management. But the degree took me six years because I failed like eight or nine subjects. Uh, I just hated uni so much. It just wasn't for me. And because of that, in my first year of uni, I started working in social media. So I got an ambassadorship with uh, Microsoft, which was kind of like, yeah, it was, it was crazy. Um, I, during O week, there was a free stall that was like spin the wheel kind of thing, but, and you'll win a keep cup. Um, and they're like, put your email down. And because I had put my email down to win a free keep cup, uh, Microsoft had this kind of ambassadorship program and 
they use that list to send out a bunch of emails asking for people to apply for this thing. Um, so I applied and got it. And that kind of gave me enough credibility to, when I'd finished that, uh, start going and getting social media gigs. So like managing people's social media accounts freelance. Mm. Um, Leveraging the Microsoft how, brand. Yeah. So yeah. So saying- I was like 19. I was 19 and I was just going, applying to social media kind of management jobs uh, off Gumtree ads. So mm-hmm. people who had posted there. And it, I remember in my first day, uh, I had three interviews with different like clients, you'd say. And I got all three of them. One paid $15 a day, one paid $100 a week, and the other one paid $30 an hour. And I was just like, what the, like, people can get be- paid to like run Instagram. Like I was just stoked to get anything. Yeah. But um, because I like, I didn't know what to charge or anything like that. I was just going from, you know, whatever the people kind of. Which is hard. Like said. charging, charging when you're young is so hard. Cause like, do I charge, if you charge too little, do you scare them away? Cause they want, they figure you're going to be bad. If I charge too much, do I scare them away? Like I still struggle with charging prices. Same. So do I. And, and I guess at the time I was lucky enough to be actually getting paid something. Whereas a lot of people actually, to be fair, no one that I was speaking to was doing any internships at that point either, but that would have been my thing. If it wasn't charging these people, it would have been internships. So I was yeah. just stoked to be getting paid for something. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then after that, um, you know, I grew a bit of a client base, five or six people and did that for a year or so. And the novelty kind of started to wear off at that point of like social media and Instagram. And I actually found the freelance life at that age really isolating because uh, I wasn't going to uni because I didn't have to and I hated it. I also was only seeing clients in person maybe like once every two weeks Um, so I was like in my PJs all day, just like working from home Mm. and just found myself in like a really crappy routine. So I was like, Oh, you know, what's better? Uh, the fact that at university now, like kids that are listening at uni should take this opportunity, um, up for sure. Is that like, you can do paid internships or like a paid placement, not a paid placement, like the workplace won't give you a paid placement, but uh, the university will give you credits for doing a placement right. instead yes. of a class. Yeah. And, and at Deakin, I went to Deakin, they never called it a placement. It was just like work experience. And you could, if you did a few different like letters and you applied for a few different things, um, you could get um credits for it so I was like score like two less subjects I have to do plus you're getting um, experience if I could secure literally and for me I I don't know again I had like these massive balls when I was younger and I was just like (laughs) applying for things I had no business applying for um I jumped on you know seek or whatever and I found this six month contracted role with a local council for a social media writer. And I was like, this was like a full-time, like legit job. And again, a lot of 
people that get the like that do these kind of placement things it's not a real job that they have and I remember going to like the interview and getting through and getting through and the guy like talking about the salary for me and he was like uh the, the highest I'd ever been paid was like $30 an hour so he had said to me like you know you'll be getting paid $35 an hour is that okay and I remember sitting in that chair because I was like 35 trying to do the calculations like $35 an hour eight hours a day yeah five days a week, week you know yeah you know for me I was like 21 at the time I was like that's big money man I was like wow and I like I get all this experience I'm still at university you know um and I'm getting these like credits for school I, I remember just sitting there being like mm, that's fine <laughs> yeah holding it in <laughs> um yeah and then yeah so I got that uh did that it, they extended my contract for eight months and uh yeah, so I, I did that. Long story short, I did that, hated it, like hated the desk life. Um, you find out soon enough that you do nothing at your desk a lot of the time, I guess. Like, yeah, there's I so much wasted time. A lot. Yeah, it's so insane. Much wasted time. And going, going from freelance, I was doing everything for my clients. And here, all they wanted me to do was literally social media writing. And if I did anything else... I was stepping on other people's toes Yes, because yes. everyone had a specific role. And I found that so confusing because I was like, how are you paying me so much? And mm. I'm just doing, you know, but, and, nothing. Like, you, you probably could have done your five days work in two or three days. Easily, easily. But, but because two of the three days for sure. But because of the structure of the way kind of society and the economy works is it's eight hours a day, five days a week. And, you, you know, you find time to fit fit within that eight hours so you might kill time just so you last the whole day but really if you wanted to you could just sit down focus get it done in a day or two and have the rest of the week off obviously that's probably not going to happen but some companies are starting to push in that direction but you know for me it's like so long as you get your deadlines hit or whatever you need to get done i don't really care how long it takes yeah that's what i do with my team anyway so like they have a certain amount of videos they have to get done. If it takes them 10 hours, it takes them 10 hours. Yeah. If it takes them five hours, I pay them the same either way. So the better they get and the quicker they get, the more money they're earning, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and that's the way it should be. And, and that's what I learned from that job. I learned that. And then the next job, the, the job that I just quit, I in the interview, I asked them, I was like, look, I feel like I'm a really productive worker. If I tell you I can get the job done in four days and I prove it to you, will you let me work four days a week? And I did. So the last um, two years of my um, work, I worked two days, uh, four days a week. Yeah, cool. Um, and it was amazing. Did you? It was super for the business for me as well. Obviously. Yeah, exactly. Did you get that from four hour work week? No, funnily enough. Because that's what so he teaches people my- to do. Yeah, so I I started listening to it uh, when I left and I had quit already. And the reason that I asked for four days was because I essentially had come home from a travel, a study abroad. So I was finishing my degree still and um, I decided I wanted to get into like media. Um, I had some like TV stuff I did and I got to host like a Facebook live series at one point. And so... I really loved it and it kind of opened my eyes into this new world and I thought that's what I wanted to do, like apply for BuzzFeed and things like that. Sure, yeah. And I remember my dad called me one day and he's like, hey, like, when are you getting a real job? (laughs) And I was like, I was like, oh, what are you like? 
what do you mean? He's like, what you're doing now, like you're doing nothing. Like you need to get a real job. Like your time's ticking. I think I was like 22 at the time. And uh, so I had applied for this, I had applied for this marketing, digital marketing manager job and I had no business applying for it. Funnily enough, I still hadn't technically graduated university. I had Mm. one subject left, but I told them I'd graduated. Um, And I mean, one subject left, you're pretty much done. Yeah, sure. And so, so in the interview, I didn't care if I got the job or not. So in the interview, after I realized that they kind of liked me, I asked at the end and I thought, I mean, what do I have to lose? Uh, And the idea for asking for four days was so that the fifth day I could pursue my, you know, media dreams in terms of like trying to figure out what I actually wanted to do while I made some money. And it's impressive. Like as a boss, if a guy comes, if an employee comes to you and says, Hey, I can get the same amount done in four days and five days, they go, wait, really? It shows that you're a harder worker or you're more productive. There's a whole bunch of benefits yeah. for it as well. It could prevent you from burnout. It's, you know, it might mean that you stay with the company longer because you're not getting as burnt out. So if you're there for four days instead of five days. 100%. And it's also like better for them cost-wise. Like my work paid me, like I was on daily rates um, at that workplace. And, and it was like they just paid me four days a week instead of yeah, five right. days a week. Um, so in terms of that, that didn't make any difference. But again, I think there's, there's a bit of a, I don't like talking about that side of things because I think for some businesses, they might hear that and be like, Oh, I could pay them, you know, for these many days. But the point is like, you shouldn't, um, I guess, punish your harder working or more productive like employees. Exactly. They yeah. should be paid the same so in this case this workplace was really fair and they they gave me a daily rate that would have been like for five days or whatever but um yeah they were super open to it and it was so beneficial for awesome. all of us yeah and so what are you currently up to now yeah so i quit my job in uh well technically i quit in like june last year and i finished in September and went on a kind of program um, called Nomad Academy. Um, And during that three months, I found out a lot about, uh, it was in South America. And during that three months, I found out a lot more about kind of remote work and like how I could essentially work and travel. This was supposed to be like my gap year that I never took. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, but I wanted it to be purposeful Um, and so because of that, I kind of documented my journey of this whole thing of getting to quitting my job, um, through my podcast and, and now I've actually secured remote work with a company called safety wing, um, who do like digital nomad insurance, like medical and travel insurance. So I work for them 20 hours a week and that kind of just enables me to do extra things. Um, and then the rest of the time, I pretty much am focusing on the millennial crisis, which is my, uh, like podcast and brand. Yes. Um, yeah. Which, yeah. Which is the reason I kind of brought you on because obviously we have very similar kind of similar topics and what we're talking about. And so sure. I guess, you know, an obvious question, probably what any listeners are thinking right now is what is the millennial crisis? The millennial crisis essentially is a term that I made up 
Um, and what I kind of defined it as was a conscious, uh, a privileged problem that consciously or subconsciously affects your mental health. So uh, what I mean by that is, for example, I was in a nine to five. I worked four days a week. I was getting paid double of what a lot of my friends were getting paid. And I was just miserable. Mm. Um, and that was because I was living a life or doing a job because, you know, other people wanted me to, but it wasn't what I actually wanted to do. And because of that, um, you know, I kept saying, oh, I'm so lucky to be here. I'm so lucky to be here. And if you don't kind of complain or not complain, but if you don't deal with these small issues that you may have, they end up trickling and, you know, it creates a bit of a snowball effect. And then it really like a feeling of apathy, which is not wanting to kind of do much can easily turn into like depression. And that's what's happening with a lot of millennials um, these days is they're living the lives that, you know, their parents want them to live or society tells them they should live. And then people are telling them that they're so lucky in these things. So they feel like they shouldn't be feeling this yes. way. And so they don't tell people to the extent of what their problems are actually, um, you know, causing them hurt, you know? Yeah. And this is a really good point. I actually love this because you no, know, I'm all about perspective. And I think in Australia, especially we have such an amazing opportunity and we're in such an amazing country. So complaining can also often feel like oh, I can't complain because I've got it so good compared to the rest of the world or compared to whoever. But at the same time, you know, you make that point where it's like, you're, you might be in a job, you're getting paid lots of money. Um, you've secured it. You've been really lucky to get it. And so everyone around you is just like, stop complaining. You've got it so much better than us. Or, you know, oh no, you've got it so good. You're getting paid this much. You're doing this and this. And your parents are, you know, saying all this stuff. And so you feel guilty for complaining or for feeling that you're not enjoying it. But really, if it's got to listen to yourself and understand if you're not enjoying it, you're not enjoying it. And obviously, if you've been working a job for a year or two, you should be able to tell by now. The first few months is always a bit, you know, I'm, I'm getting used to the processes and meeting people and stuff. But yeah, I think that's a really good point. And it's, it's hard finding, I think, the balance between being appreciative of the opportunity we have, but also not being you know, influenced by everyone around right. you and not listening to yourself. And I think like, it's not so much about like the complaining side. I think, I think it's like the fact that, you know, we feel, yeah, like, like you said, we feel like we shouldn't be feeling like this, you know? Mm. And so we kind of suppress that. And then that's when it, it kind of creates that, that tidal wave. Um, and, and then people can't deal because millennials today are the generation with the highest rates of stress, depression, and anxiety, which is yes. insane considering how privileged the majority of us are. Like mm. we have so much more access and opportunity than like ever before. So yeah, it's, it's crazy. But at the same time, all this technology, you know, like social media can be great, but it, it opens you up to so much comparison you know, I think a big, a big reason people are sad is because they're comparing their life to the people they see on social media and their life isn't like that. So they think, oh, you know, I'm not as good. I want to be like that, but I'm not. And we all know the people, they're just showing the highlights of their life. There's, they've got a lot more going on that we don't see. While we do have all this amazing stuff, and I 100% agree, it's all got a bad side and technology definitely has a bad side. I've spoken about it a, a bit with social media in high school. Like it's so crazy. 
Like, I'm not sure how much social media you had in high school when you were growing up. I'm so scared for the youth. Yeah, I mean, just like Snapchat yeah, and everything. I, I I actually didn't. I I had my Nokia, like, crappy brick until mid-year 12, which was, like, in 2012, which was really late. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and, yeah, now I see, like, my younger cousins and stuff and, like, the Facetune and all of the, like, crap that's on there, it's, in it's actually crazy and it was one of the reasons why I started the millennial crisis too was the whole premise in the beginning was with my like Instagram account it was to kind of cut out the social media highlights and even now yeah I'm scared for the younger generation when it comes to technology I was just gonna say because I grew up with you know I had I had everything basically what the current generation has that's what I had you know we had I had Snapchat I had Instagram I had Facebook um, all that on the iPhone and it's like I mean, in high school, it definitely does way more harm than good. Um, and, and yeah, I can see, you can see why it leads. Because, you know, if you go to a party, if you don't get invited, you know, normally you just don't get invited. But now you get a, you watch it on Snapchat and then you watch it on Instagram and then you watch it on all the photos get uploaded. So you see everything you miss out on. And that's just like one example. But yeah, it's super dangerous. I hadn't thought, yeah, I hadn't thought like that because I guess... I definitely had Facebook and, and Instagram was, was a thing, but stories were not a thing when I was in yeah. high school. And stories are probably the most dangerous that, part. It was, yeah. So that's so interesting. You say that cause I'd never considered that side of things. It's yeah. It's interesting. I, the next generation I really want to look into once I finish my millennial research is definitely Gen Z because I think, cause how old are you? Are you taking oh, the millennials or you're yeah, no, I'm actually pretty sure. I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm Gen Z and everyone just says millennial. Yeah, so what, were you born like 96? 98. 95? 90. Oh, geez. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're definitely Gen Z. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Cause isn't like, I think it's not 94 or something is a cutoff. Uh, 95 is the cutoff for millennials. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I'm go. 94. So some people say 96 as well, but essentially like between the, the edge of both, there's a bit of a blend. Like, yeah. yeah. But yeah, uh, everyone... I mean, my sister are a year and a half apart and, and she's pretty much the same as me, but the technology she had in school, like she had laptops in high school and I never had laptops in high yeah, school. Yeah. Right. Well, same with me. Like my sister's got, I mean, now they just have their MacBooks in high school. You know, we had these terrible, we had these terrible Windows computers that we got given that were like four hundred dollars each, or probably less, like a hundred or something. And um, I mean, we we actually got to bring in our own computers like towards year ten and stuff. But now that I think they even had iPads, she had one school, they had iPads and stuff. So yeah, it's pretty crazy. crazy. That's I think that's yeah. where technology is good when you can use it when you're working. But social media in school is dangerous. Anyway, but I mean, I think millennials definitely, you know, like people will call any young person a millennial right i feel like gen z yeah, no exactly. one really no one really uses gen z no not at all yet no no one not, not many use it and also like i don't think people realize what millennials are because like millennials are 30 like the oldest millennials 39 now yeah i know that millennials least, are pushing yeah they're old yeah know? they're getting, they're getting <laughs> yeah. pretty old <laughs> yeah 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 for sure so um i think I mean, with my podcast, like I really hesitated using the word millennial because I hated it. But um, I thought, you know, if I hate something so much, maybe I can like twist it around and kind yeah, of make yeah. it. Not that I was embarrassed to be a millennial in that word. I just hate buzzwords. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Like, Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, we were talking about that the other day. Like the word triggered has become such a 
such a casual word people use nowadays when it's like yeah it's supposed to be something like a, a veteran when they hear a gunfire or something gets triggered back to world war ii or whatever but now they'll just say it like it's nothing it's just a buzzword yeah literally yeah it's i mean yeah another great thing the internet does <laughs> yeah yeah so with your podcast what sort of stuff um when you say millennials do you mean literal millennials like we just mentioned so uh you know what are we talking like 24 plus or do you mean any young people uh essentially it's it's for any young people really like the i named it the millennial crisis again because i think then like you said like the word millennial means young people yes um and now i'm focusing my like research side on actual millennials um but uh, again the the probably the younger side of it like the oldest people i chat with are like 35 yeah. um in terms of of that kind of stuff but it's it's just practical like advice um on how to navigate like finding and like sticking to a career you love with all of the outside noise that you're getting from yeah. your parents society um, all of that stuff, which is really hard to stop listening to. It is. And I, you know, cause I say this quite a bit, but it's, I do know it's way harder for people who aren't in my situation when my parents, you know, they're pretty chill. They, they kind of say, Oh, if you want to do that, then do it. They kind of let me do what I want to do. And I know there are people out there who like, they have to do a degree because their parents and they can't get out of it. And it just seems so bizarre to me. And I almost don't know what advice to give them. Cause it's like, well, I haven't been through this. Like for me, it's just like, can't you just talk to your parents and tell them you don't want to do it? And they're like, no, nah, I've tried. I'm like, it's just bizarre. Yeah. So like, do you know, what, what advice would you give to people who are, the parents are kind of forcing them down a certain trajectory? Yeah. Yeah. First of all, I'd like to say, like, that's amazing. Like you have amazing parents to, to allow you to kind of enable you to do that stuff because yes very lucky the biggest problem it is the biggest problem and I have incredible parents as well um and they're so supportive in so many ways but especially my dad it was like it was a real fight to even get him funnily enough to let me do let me do marketing Mm. so I went to university because I I had to like there was yeah. no other choice. Despite no one else in my family graduating from there, um, I had to. And and even after my kind of first year of hating it, I remember like going to my dad being like, you know, this isn't for me. I'm doing work outside of it. I can get all this kind of stuff. Um, I wanted to start my own business then. And, and my dad was like, no, you need a backup plan because what a lot of that generation don't understand what a lot of people's parents don't understand is that um for for them a degree meant a job yes but for us it doesn't doesn't yeah um and so advice i would say to those parents to those kids is to prove yourself in another way um it it's not a bit it's kind of like asking your work for a four-day work week um like for example like tim ferris says like you know ask them to trial it kind of yeah thing, and know? see how it goes so it's it, the same principle applies to like your your parents in terms of that so it's like say to them i'm gonna defer for six months i'm going to show you xyz so like enroll into uni for the first six months or whatever do a study abroad they're great like I'll, you'll, you'll is, have so much fun in that, that was my next that was my next topic i want to bring up but we'll 
Yeah, we can talk about that. Yeah, yeah. Next. But yeah, so like tell tell them that you want to defer for six months and that's going to be a hard slog for a lot of kids anyway. Trust me, I hear you. I feel it. I tried it as well. Um, my parents wanted me to do finance and choosing a marketing path was like the devil, like I was the devil child for doing that. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but, but once you kind of show them that you're doing something and you're passionate about it and they see that firsthand, you'd be surprised as what you as to what you can get away with after that but the point is that you really need to make sure you know what your next move is and if your next move is you don't know what you want to do and you need to kind of figure that out then take like actionable steps to figure that out um, and and what i and i said people probably if they listen to my podcast a lot get sick of me saying it but like travel i think I think one of the worst things you can do after high school is, I mean, if you, if you're confused, sorry, if you're confused and you don't know what you want to do, one of the worst things you could do is go to uni because you're going to pick like a beige generic degree, like business or finance. And, it, and just because you think, Oh, that's going to open you up lots of opportunities. Um, and it might in some cases, but as we mentioned before, a degree doesn't mean a job in today's you know, economy. Like it did, like it did back when your parents were, were doing their degrees. So that's why I reckon if, if you don't know what you want to do, if you know what you want to do and you're like, I want to get this degree and I want to get started straight away, sure. But if you're confused, taking a gap year, like six months, working for three months and traveling for three months, studying abroad or somehow going overseas, I think is super powerful. Like you just learn so much. A hundred percent. And the, the key thing I use a lot in my podcast is not is calling it like an intentional gap year versus just going to Europe and partying for like yes. six months. You yes, know? It's, that's a good point. It's making because I I hear like a lot of my friends did a Euro trip because that's what they felt like. Oh, let's do a Euro trip, and a lot of them just went in with the wrong kind of mindset and just found no benefits from travel at all. And so I think it's really important. Obviously, if you're consuming content like yours, like if you're listening to Byron's podcast, then you're probably thinking along those same lines of like, I'm doing it to figure out what I want and I want to meet mm. new people and see what's out there and all of that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, an, an intentional gap year, it, it doesn't even have to be abroad. It's just like, I'm going to intern, I'm going to volunteer my time. I'm gonna yeah. Do it doesn't, this. you could be, yeah. you could stay at your, wherever you currently are, you could just stay there and have a gap year because you can work save up some money and then maybe you could travel for a bit or you could look for internships. Just as long as you remove the mindset that I'm anything I do this year, as long as I'm trying to figure out what I'm doing, it's not a waste because people will look at like, Hey, what have you done this year? Oh, I did this. And then I started working at Woolworths and then, then I did this. They'll be like, Oh, he's, you know, this is my son who's at uni. And so on paper, obviously the, the uni person looks a lot better, but they might drop out in three years and now they're back to square one and you've figured out what you want to do. And so, yeah, I 100% agree. And it, it's cool kind of renaming it because while the partying is fun and I totally think you should still do that, it's not yeah, just, for sure. not just all of, people go and they'll just, the whole reason is just partying for ages and ages when you can, I think you can do both. I think you can figure it, do stuff and then also party at the same time. Yeah, for sure. I mean, in saying that, like, it's not going to be bored, like it's not boring at all, but like, I think a lot of people like go to places and then they like, you hear about people going to Europe and they just speak to Aussies. Like they meet yes. people that are like, yeah. just, you know, and it's like, and you come back and you're like, Oh, what was the culture like here? What was the food like? And they're like, Oh, you know, we just like a, 
you know, just pasta everywhere, you know, or like mm-hmm. pizza everywhere. Because like Italian food is like global, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. Anywhere you go, you can still eat it. And you're just like, but you, you didn't get the idea of the culture. You didn't see how other people live. And they're the things that help you decide on what you want to do or what, you know, why you want to make money because you want to help other people or, um, you know, put some time into other things. Like there are so many like strange lessons you'll learn from, from traveling with your eyes kind of open versus just. Yeah. And it's a good point because I even meet people in Australia. I'll meet people and I'm, who are studying abroad or something from America. And I'm like the first Australian they've met. And I've been here for like three months because they, they've meet, they're all with the, they came with the whole, like, you know, the whole school organized it. So they've got all their American yeah. friends or whatever country they're from. And I was like, Oh really? Like, is why even here then? Like, what was the point of coming here? Like, I mean, obviously Australia and America are pretty similar. They're not that culturally different. Like, like Europe is where it's different language, yeah. different style of living, but yeah, hundred yeah. percent. And so that's what you call, so what do you call it? An intentional gap year. Yeah. An intentional gap year. I mean, I don't have like the name, but like essentially I always make sure I put the word intentional there so that people just know, like, I don't know. Intention has been a really kind of big thing for me over, especially over the past like six months, even just like waking up in my day and being like, I work remotely now. I have no one to answer to. Like I need some kind of intention for today. Is today oh, 100%. Like a day where I'm working? Is today a day where I'm traveling? You know, is today a day where I'm just literally being a 25 year old on a gap year and going out tonight? And like, you know, it's, it's yeah. so important to, and to have intention. It is like, cause I'm the same as you. I have no, I don't answer to anyone real. I mean, I've got my clients, but I don't have like a boss. Um, if I wanted yeah. to, after this interview, I've wanted to, I could sit on the couch and play PlayStation for the rest of the day. Like I don't have any, I don't have that accountability of a job where it's like, you have to be there at nine and you leave at five, which, you know, people will sound, oh, that sounds amazing. And it is, but at the same time, it's really hard because you need to be really disciplined and intention. I, I've got like, I have my intention for the week and then I have each day, like what are, what are the three key things I need to get done today? Because otherwise you just get lost. Yeah. And speaking about that, I kind of have a question for you in there because I know like a lot of the times, like the whole reason I started the millennial crisis was also to like break out those perceptions people have of certain jobs or certain things they see online. And again, Mm. like you said, not having someone to answer to has become so like exciting to people. And that's why like there's so many people that want to be entrepreneurs, but like from the research I've done, I a lot of like young people don't actually want to be entrepreneurs. They just want to be part of a community and they want to feel like they have a purpose in things. Yes. And so because like entrepreneurship one is really lonely. Freelance work is really lonely and it's really hard to say self-motivated. The way that I do it best is when I have someone else who is freelance or someone else like, because you have no one to bounce your ideas from, you know, I know. You have nobody to, I know. to answer to, like you said, you know, so it can be like uni where you, I mean, did you go to uni? No, I didn't. Or school or whatever. Yeah. Where you have a deadline and you do your client's work the night before because you know, you can get it done in that time. And it's only going to take you two hours to do. So like you can get it done 
in that last minute time frame, like instead of the week you had to do it, you know? So yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's definitely not for everyone. Um, so yeah, it, I guess that's what the kind of things that you can start learning in a gap year. Yeah, 100. And I agree with everything you just said in terms of because entrepreneurship has become very thought after, like with this idea of not being able to bounce ideas off. Like, I love that. And that's why, like, I, if I was to start a, a business again, I would, I'd love to do it with like a business partner and you could kind of do it together and work a bit together. The, th- the point you made about millennials want like a purpose and a community to be a part of, that's been, I've heard that quite a bit. We've talked about it on the podcast. Like, millennials and Gen X, we should say, um, will prioritize, obviously they want money, but up to a certain point, like instead of getting a raise, they'd rather have some sort of way to contribute to a cause or contribute to the business or do something other than money. And a lot of um, older generations struggle to comprehend that. They're like, what do you mean? If I just give you more money, you'll be happier. But that's not how our generation's kind of growing up. Like if they'd rather contribute to doing a climate change or doing something that can help. Yeah, so the people that I speak to in my podcast are people that have probably just started in the workplace and they're already feeling like they don't want to be there. And so what I speak to them about is, okay, you need to make money right now before you can build your kind of escape plan to do what you Mm. want to do. But in that time, instead of it draining your life and if you're sitting at your desk for five hours a day doing nothing taught like figure out a way that you can find purpose in your work if it's even if it's outside of the the actual task you're doing for example when I worked at um, a council as a social media writer what I ended up doing which was not part of my job role at all but it gave me purpose and meaning and it allowed me to actually talk to people versus being stuck at my desk all day Mm. was I went and offered up my social media knowledge to like the wider council. So I was in the like comms department. So I went over to like the education departments and like um, there was like a preschool department and stuff like that. And I was like, this is ways that we can spread your message more, or these are different things that we can do for you. Um, And those people like appreciated it so, so much because they had no clue and no one was there to help them. But also it gave me a purpose because I was like, oh, I'm helping people. The knowledge I have is valued and useful. Um, And it got me through like the last few months that otherwise probably would have just like killed me even more. Yeah, yeah. And and you make a good point there about how you you need to work in this job so that you can kind of build up your plan and start earning some money. Because if you've got you know, rent to pay and you start something, you're not going to be earning money. You're going to be losing money for the first good, good portion of it. So you've got to have that plan in place. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I, it's one thing I always think about because like I was always lucky. I lived at home Yes. until I literally just left now. And and my parents, you know, I mean, I didn't have to pay for rent or food. Hmm. And so I was lucky to always be a really good saver too. So that when I did decided I wanted to take this gap year, I had enough money for a year, you know, mm. um, to be able to stay in decent places and stuff too. And so, so for me, I'm thinking about the people who live paycheck to paycheck every week because, you know, they didn't learn good savings habits or they've just come to this realization now. And to just to stress that like, it's not too late. It's okay. 
you can still make up all of that time, you know, as you go, because that's another problem. We all feel like, you know, it's too late for us now. No, exactly. Love it. And um, just before kind of we wrap things up, I'd like to ask all of my guests a final, final question. And it's just, what would your number one piece of advice be for the younger generation? So kind of people, Gen X essentially, who are just, you know, you know, finishing high school, figuring out what they want to do, entering uni, entering the workforce, what advice would you give to them? I think it's going to be so what we kind of said. So, um, yeah, I mean, it normally is what we covered doing. Yeah. Doing um, like in high school or at university, I think first of all, it's okay to not know what you want to do. That's like the biggest lie about life. Society and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody, uh, even like, 80 year olds, you know, or like successful, you know, CEOs, they still don't know what they're doing or what they want to do every single day. You can be sure of it one day and unsure the next, and that's just normal. Um, So that's the first thing I'd say. And then the second thing is that just because you don't know what you want to do doesn't mean all hope is lost. You just have to like dip your toe into different waters to figure out the things that you're liking and not liking. And Figuring out what you don't like is just as important as figuring out what you do. Mm, yeah, that's a good point. I like that. That's quite different. Yeah. I often get quite similar answers for this, but that's a good point. So figuring out what you don't like is just as important as figuring out what you do like. Because that way, yeah. you, and it's good because, you know, that's why if you drop out of uni after a year, it's not that big of a loss because now you know you didn't want to do that subject or you now you know you didn't want to follow that trajectory rather than sticking with it and then working in the field for five years and now you're 30 and you're like, I didn't want to do this. So like you shouldn't feel yeah. guilty dropping out, um, especially in Australia, like in America, it's going to cost some hundreds of thousands of dollars, but here it's only like probably 10, 20 grand in debt. And it's better to get out now. Um, if you know, if you, cause you figured out, you don't like it. hundred percent. And also like for me, like working in hospitality jobs, working in retail, doing like, contracted jobs or part-time jobs volunteering like do it all be an uber driver like yeah yeah whatever figure it out like there's yeah there's so many things you can do try freelance even if you have nothing you think you can be freelance at just you know try your luck you know there are a lot of free um classes and and stuff you can do now to learn a lot about like different digital skills so definitely look up um different options you have yeah hundred percent. And just, just real quick, things like Fiverr, Upwork, you can create accounts on those websites and just put up a skill that you have. Yeah. Airtasker, just just say, Hey, I'm good at this. Like, do you want to pay me for it? Obviously make it more official, but if you're a designer, you can do designs on there. If you like making music, you can make music on there, whatever it is, you can find kind of a way to make money through these little platforms. But yeah, well, Demi, thanks so much for coming on. And just for any listeners out there who want to find out more about you, where can we find you? Instagram, LinkedIn, what's the best place to kind of find out a bit more about you? Perfect. Um, thanks so much for having me, first of all, Byron. And yeah, if anyone wants to kind of see what the millennial crisis is, um, LinkedIn is Demi Kotsoris and Demi Kotsoris on Instagram as well. And then the website is themillennialcrisis.com. Yeah. So if you just Google the millennial crisis and I'll put her social handles in the link below. But Demi, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. 
Thank you so much and good luck with, with the rest of the interviews. Uh, you're doing an awesome job. So thank you so much for providing this info to a whole bunch of kids that I know will really find it useful. No worries. Thank you. All right. If you are still here, thank you so much for listening to this entire episode. If you got some value out of it, it would mean the world to me if you left a review on iTunes or shared it with your friends or family. Otherwise, I'll be putting up videos of this episode on Instagram and Facebook. So check it out there at Byron Dempsey or at Driven Young Podcast. And I'll see you on the next one.